Well, hi, I'm Dave Swerdlick from Uptown Podcast Studios and Story Cub Video Picture Books. But more importantly, I am a proud member of Ed North. And if you're not a member of Ed North, you should be. Head on over to ednorth.org and you can learn all about this EdTech meetup group that is just fantastic. Really good stuff. So again, ednorth.org. Our guest on this podcast, love this guy, Corbin Fonville of SkillQuest. And uh, boy, if you're an investor, uh, there might be something here. He, know, he knows his stuff and, uh, and then some. It's Corbin Fonville. From SkillQuest on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Corbin, thanks for joining us here on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Corbin Fonville, how are you? Doing great, Dave. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, Corbin was one of the first people on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast uh, when he was the most enthusiastic person I had ever seen in quite some time. And I truly mean it in a very <laughs> good, awesome way. And now you're CEO of SkillQuest. I yes, love, love the name. SkillQuest.io. Yep. Okay. And tell us a little bit about, well, tell us a lot about what is SkillQuest? Yeah. So SkillQuest is connecting motivation with cool projects that Gen Z wants to do uh, specifically for gamers or starting with gamers. So this is stuff like building a Discord bot, uh, learning to hack a game with AI, learning to make your first game mods. How does this work? Yeah. So we, we pair experts with content and live events. And then those experts are also around asynchronously to help kids complete their projects. And these are kids uh, kind of 15 to 22 is our bread and butter. It's got to be satisfying for you. Uh, thinking, I'm just thinking of parents who sign up their kids for, for courses on different things. Um, it's got to be pretty satisfying knowing that SkillQuest is responsible for someone who's going to grow up to be president or whatever. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's, they're learning a new skill. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see what these people or these uh, learners can build. One of our very first customers, actually, uh, I taught them how to build a Discord bot. So they're, you know, he took my modules on how to build a Discord bot, and then he came back to me. You know, he shot me a message on the platform and said, "Hey, Corbin, uh, this is great, but I want to, I want to like take it further. I want to, I want to make a bot that speaks more like a human than like those bots that you come across on a website." And so he has this Discord bot. Now it's a platform for him to begin learning to code. And he's never coded before in his life. And so I, you know, as the expert and guide in this case, mm -hmm. uh, for yeah. a proof of concept, I point him over to uh, a service called OpenAI. It's Elon Musk's company. They have docs on their website for how to get started. And I said, hey, why don't you use this? It's a platform where you can ask it questions and it'll reply to you with all these natural language responses. And he gets to hacking at it, asks me a couple questions through Discord, and then finally he comes out with a Discord bot. He named it Karen Bot, and you can see it on his SkillQuest profile, which maybe we'll have to find a way to link that. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we can. Yeah, we can. awesome. Then, uh, so you can actually ask Karen Bot. He asks it questions like, uh, what are some good restaurant uh, recommendations in the Twin Cities? And it will spit out top 10 
uh, restaurant recommendations, or it'll it'll make up a tagline for the, your podcast. So how is it different than Siri? You can do that, and a professional built that. So I'd say how this is different is that he built this into ah, a Discord bot, and this it. is his first like successful experience learning to code. It like gets you over the hump of like learn to code is such a mystical thing until you really do something and you realize it's about creating, not like learning hard things it totally makes sense now uh he actually went in and created it monetization what is uh what's the platform look like for uh skill quest yeah so it's a subscription service for our e-learning platform and then there are also that comes along with that discounts on our live events that we host so we have like a hackathon coming up this uh coming weekend for building a minecraft mini game uh you know in our expert guide will take people all the way from uh getting their server up and running that's on the e-learning platform they do some pre-work on the platform to actually building the mini game what kind of things you have to think about uh tackling the coding challenges along the way and then at the end they have like a competition and and the winner wins a uh wins a small prize um let's talk about coding for a second is coding always been coding or has things advanced along the way since you started to learn to code has there been a shift in like program action actual programs uh like in the technologies like how if technology how they work yes yeah so there always are and actually that's a, a big problem with a lot of content online right now like if you actually i did this yesterday if you look up how to build a discord bot in node.js that's what i teach in in skill quest mm-hmm. uh you will find a tutorial from uh, one year ago that will teach you how to build a bot that does not work any longer because the library that discord uses to plug in has changed. So like content, uh, updating it's, it's currency is really broken in, on the internet as, at large, but instead of just like not working, it might be bad practice that you're learning. It might right. be, it's not working and you spend hours trying to troubleshoot something and you don't realize that this, this person who was an expert at the time, has now captured this information and now it's just outdated. When did when did SkillQuest start? We officially founded, I believe it was like April Fool's Day of this year. Oh, this year! Oh, yeah. you're the, hey, you know what? We've got a real startup. On <laughs> it the, is a real startup uh, on yes. the North Tech Podcast. Here sounds like it sounds like you're onto something here. Let's talk about gaming for a second. And I'm not I am not a gamer, but I do I'm not an idiot. I certainly know about Fortnite. And is is. <laughs> Is, uh, any, is there anything that's going to overtake that uh, that you see soon? Maybe I know nothing about the gaming industry, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. I just know that Fortnite is just huge. Yeah, so I mean, gaming as a gaming as an industry is huge. Fortnite is certainly one of the the larger players of the last few years. But right now, ninety percent of kids, ten to twenty identify as gamers that includes 83 percent of females which is huge i mean what else is a generation going to say 90 percent of them identify in a certain way it's like uh kind of insane so they all have this shared experience that we can really tap into it's a shared passion so gaming uh, going after gaming out of the box sounds like a, a smart move it's a big market um, and yeah yeah it is and then i was asking you so where do you see the future of skill quest um mm-hmm. moving forward it's enabling people in two ways uh kids at this age range are trying to go to college or they're trying to go into industry right uh Either that or they're just trying to have fun and uh, will enable all three of them, I suppose. But the ones that I really want to enable are kids who have a technical, a need for a technical skill who are going to college so they can learn that 
between summers in college or before they go to school. This is stuff like CAD modeling. You know, eventually we'll we'll break out of gaming once we once we proof of concept this and, and prove it works. Uh, stuff like CAD modeling, stuff like uh, just basics of programming that they can go into school and then that'll maximize their college education because they already have that just time spent in with the tools of the trade that a college then doesn't need to stay as updated on. They can help you apply that with theory and best practice. You, you could potentially get partial credit perhaps in the future. We already have a couple of colleges talking to us about that. Awesome. And I'm really excited because they, uh, they have some big ideas. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I am kind of on the right track there, I think, yeah. on the, the path that you're taking, which sounds like a winner. Gamers, what's the best refresh rate? Uh, for a monitor that would you would recommend uh well i mean for a true gamer you need to be at least 144 hertz but had, had no idea i had no idea <laughs> I, I didn't I, I but i i do know that you need a fast refresh rate because people win by a billionth of seconds yeah very right? small margins uh esports as a whole is an extremely it's more competitive than stick and ball sports because it's more accessible anytime you have more of the population uh available to try something you're going to have a lot more competition but gaming is also a great place for education to operate because it is much lower cost than traditional sports all you need is a few hundred dollars to buy a console or a pc and all of a sudden you can get a kid tapped into uh, virtual networks like we have a discord server here in minnesota of people who play rocket league i'm an avid rocket league player and it has around 800 people in it. And we have people networking for jobs, for friendships. Uh, it got a lot of people through COVID. So gaming, I think, is a it's a very wholesome space that I think we're just realizing, beginning to realize how to tap into and how to make that a more holistic part of your your person and your professional life. So the the community, the community in gaming. Yeah. Right? Gaming is huge. Mm-hmm. Anything like right underneath there? Uh, or, or not really. You know, uh, yeah. So, and again, I want to clarify, I guess we're not teaching kids how to play video games. Uh, YouTube actually does a great job at that, but we're teaching all the peripheral stuff around it. Like, uh, broadcast, for example, um, how to get your Twitch stream, how to grow a YouTube audience based on your gaming channel, you know, stuff like that. Now in terms of industries we'll tackle next, I think that other STEM industries that have like a high technical need for software skills are going to be uh, really ripe uh, coming up in the in the near future. In fact, uh, some people want to do that with us already. So we'll see. We're being pulled in a lot of directions, you know, and as an entrepreneur, when I hear somebody say I need uh, my ears kind of perk up and I start listening really hard. Yeah. So um, I've heard a lot of, of need in the space for other STEM industries. Uh, but I'd also like to tackle things like I think high schoolers could have their first experience marketing a product before they go to college. Sure. Somehow we could work out a partnership uh, to get them some ad credit and do a project around uh, building a website and marketing it and then measuring how many people you're getting to land on the website. Something that can give the the person a real experience in the field to limits test do i like this or not as well as get them something to show for it so they could take that uh in their portfolio which we have portfolios on skill quest mm-hmm. and then show that to other people as an evidence of what they can actually do acquisitions it, you, you kind of are going after schools and parents mostly parents i think right how do you how do you reach out? How does how are you getting the word out on SkillQuest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. 
primarily parents and kids are our audience. However, uh, schools obviously are the institutions. We just haven't uh, buckled down how to reach them yet. Uh, so we have a few ideas on how we're going to capture an audience. One of them is partnering with parent organizations that support uh, schools, support gaming, or potentially after-school clubs like esports clubs. There are also a f- quite a few not-for-profit uh, organizations that are in the space trying to connect gamers, trying to connect parents with resources. Because one of the one of the lagging education uh, sectors within gaming is parents' knowledge of how to really treat their kid as a gamer like how much support do they give them versus how much do they try to pull them away from gaming so there are a lot of organizations built up around that already that we can partner with now you have a a partner yep tell us about that a business partner uh his name is chad craft and when i founded my first business edgy uh we founded actually at an ed north uh startup weekend which was like phenomenal because it gave me a great jumping off point but also it was kind of hamstringing in a way because the team just kind of came together. It's like we all wanted to do something, but we all shared the same weaknesses. We had never built a business before. We had to struggle through learning all of that, how to be productive in a startup. And so when I founded SkillQuest, the first thing that I knew that I needed to do was find a co-founder that could support me along the way. By the way, he's uh, at ChadCraftIS on Twitter, and I'm at Corbin Fonville, and that's where we, we're building in public, so we're very like very transparent transparent about everything that's going on at SkillQuest. That's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, how has that been going, actually, with uh, people following you basically live so, as it moves forward? Uh, it's cool. I love shouting out like when we're successful, like when we, have our first, when we had our first user success uh, all the way through the platform couple weeks ago people are like amping up this this person you know this teenager who built something through skill quest and they're like celebrating his success which i think is awesome also when i tweet out something about like how we failed like uh we wanted to have just 10 customers at the end of our first month with the platform and we didn't get there and uh i tweet that out and suddenly people say oh i wonder how i can help uh, which is really cool. Like it's right. people can't help you if they don't know what you're doing. So I would highly encourage anybody out there who uh, who is thinking about building a business and they they think that they could make make more use of their network. I'd, I'd encourage them to build in public because it's a great way to show people where they can help. And that's why. And and at the same time, there are a, a ton of companies hiding behind NDAs. And oh, yeah. I can't tell you about it. I can't share it with you. So this way, I can't get any ideas from you. No. Nope. Right. Because I'm not going to tell you anything. So you're not going to tell You're not. I can't get feedback. That's that's a complete opposite. Uh, opening <laughs> opening things up. Uh, is there any proprietary uh, things that you have? So I wouldn't be like entirely open about absolutely everything about the business. I'm guessing like thing opportunities that haven't developed yet. Like I wouldn't oh, want to sure. share those sure. just because then I might make something look more real than it actually is. But pretty much I'll I'll talk about anything because there's no point in hiding it to me. Um, an NDA is going to slow me down, and I don't have the time to slow down. And also we're in a, a unique space where we are creating a product that's positioned differently, but we're not creating a technical innovation. Actually, hopefully we're helping our customers to create technical innovations. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And, and so, uh, just thinking about this bot with the that that this this kid is doing mm-hmm. now. Now you uh, have that in your library, and are you just going to like continue to build this library of all these different projects and content and things that um, kids come up with? Yeah, and hopefully we can help them to promote. I was a product manager at Sport Radar, and we had people coming in for interviews, and they would put on their resume things like if they were early, they'd put on like, "Hey, I." owned a lawn mowing business. I uh, worked at a restaurant, even though these computer science students Mm -hmm. that had built things in school had built personal projects. And those were like listed down at the bottom or cut off, you know, of the resume. Kids need to be able to turn that around and say, yeah, keeping a job at Chili's is great. But like I built things in this career field. This is how I innovate. This is something I can really talk about with you. So, That's the stuff. so it's a really back and forth, a lot of sharing, a lot of sharing of ideas. And, and it is building a library. Is that kind of your yeah. goal, right? Is to yeah. kind of build this library of different projects? So. Yeah. And the library, though, is primarily, it's not like you wouldn't like walk into this uh, library and find a project that you want. But we, it is a large set of user-generated content that hopefully yeah. can help those users to access something more in their own life, uh, a scholarship they couldn't have gotten, a job that they couldn't have gotten unless they highlighted what they could achieve. You just started in April. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In starting a, uh, a startup, what was one of the first things that you did? I know it's a big, it's yeah. actually a huge question. <laughs> yeah, because when I, when I say we started in April, the idea has been actually something that I've been involved with since like fall of 2020 Mm -hmm. and it's been chewing away at the back of my head. And I finally said, uh, in late 2021, I said, I'm going to find a co-founder. So the very, very first thing that I did like action wise toward the business was find a co-founder. And then, uh, obviously as soon as you have somebody that you need to go into business with, you need to be able to accept money. You need to be able to pay people. You need to be able to build something that the company owns. You have a lot of legal stuff to do, and that is something I I dislike strongly. I think every entrepreneur probably does. But yeah. uh, then we built the platform next. That was the first really exciting thing we did. So tell us about partnerships or partners mm-hmm. in a business. Why, why have a partner? Oh, man, so many reasons. Um, I'm pretty sure that Chad has... Uh, at least doubled my own value that I add to the business through working with me. So like I'm one of those people who doesn't work very well alone. And I also will uh, spin up really hard on my own ideas and then like not think through them as much just because they're mine and I like them. So I need somebody there to uh, validate with me and then also ask me the deeper questions, uh, point me in a different direction. And then Chad has this whole other set of skills that I don't uh, around marketing, building assets, uh, taking a product to market. And I am, I'm the product, product guy. I will spend all my time on product. It's a problem. And I solved that problem by getting somebody who will spend all their time on right. marketing. <laughs> okay, great. That's, that's great. But uh, I think it's so important for uh, businesses to have co-founders or a right-hand man or somebody like that yep. uh, that, that you can count on. Uh, so, so 10 years from now, SkillQuest, where do you see SkillQuest? Man, 10 years from now is a long time. But I think we can be helping millions of kids get engaged in their education earlier. That's what I want to do is like, hey, that thing that you think you need to wait until college 
to start doing, we can help you get your first taste of it now. We can help you connect with a professional that will potentially even have connections for you in the professional world, learn a little bit from them, uh, you know, plug into mentorships, and then really uh, connecting with uh, two, uh, two types of partners. One is outlet partners that would be hiring the talent that kind of rises to the top of SkillQuest. Mm-hmm. So because we have these projects, we can identify who is just like, really, really top-tier talent that could potentially jump to industry early. I, be- I believe the term now is head of people. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we could help the heads of people uh, identify good people. And then the other type of partner is communities who have, they're built around doing something cool. Uh, so for example, there's one called Clarity Coders, and they build AI that play video games, which that's just cool. Uh I want to learn from them, right? We, but they don't, they have thousands of people who haven't created these bots for the first time yet. We can help them create their first bot, get plugged in, figure out if this is a career track they want to go down. That sounds really cool <laughs> to give them an opportunity like that and make it, and make it all possible. Uh, so Corbin, any final words uh, that you want to share with us? Because I, I think you're onto something big. I, I really, really do. And as I mentioned before, Cor- Corbin was one of our first people on the Ed North Ed Tech podcast, and most and so enthusiastic, uh, just as you are with SkillQuest. And I can see <laughs> SkillQuest. I, I can already see you being acquired, but uh, that's a whole we'll, we'll, that's a whole other story. If people want to reach out to Corbin Fonville and learn more about your company, SkillQuest. What's the best way? Yeah, please do. Uh, so Corbin at skillquest.io, send me an email or at Corbin Fonville on Twitter. You can search Corbin Fonville on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty active on on most of the communication platforms. And we're specifically, specifically looking for people who might be uh, in or running a community that has something cool to offer that they think might be underutilized. We can help them uh, get paid to create content, get paid to host events, and make more successful learners for their content, uh, as well as any industry partners who are who are looking to identify talent and might be able to build some content with us that would be you know sponsored by them that we can help identify people and source it to them as uh, kind of qualified leads. We'd love to talk. That's uh, that's awesome. And uh, lucky for you, there's not too many Corbin Fonvilles out there. So <laughs> Only he's, one. He's pretty easy to find. Uh, I'm just saying. Easy <laughs> to find. Corbin Fonville from SkillQuest, thank you so much for joining us here on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's been a pleasure. again to Corbin Fonville for being our guest here on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. Uh, if you like this show, whatever platform you're listening to it on, if you're uh, Apple or Spotify or iHeart, whatever, if you could give us a review or rating stars, however it is set up, it would very much be appreciated and will help spread the news um, about the Ed North EdTech Podcast and what's going on. So, uh, again, thanks again to Corbin Fonville. I just like saying that. Corbin Fonville. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next. <laughs> we'll talk to you on the next Ed North EdTech Podcast. I'm Dave Swordlick. Bye-bye.